What is up, guys? It's Alex Johnson here, the founder and lead analyst at YardsPerFantasy.com. Welcome to the 70th episode of the Feed Me Fantasy Podcast. Let's eat. This is your last chance. Like, your last, last chance to play best ball in 2021. Last week, I told you Underdog Fantasy brought back best ball with their best ball resurrection tournament. But it's only here for a short time. October 14th is the last day to enter for your chance at the $20,000 grand prize. So hurry over to underdogfantasy.com, download their app, and sign up using promo code YARDSPER for a free $10 deposit match. It's best ball resurrection. So like usual, we're going to go through the top transactions I'm recommending for week 5. And we'll just get right to it. We'll start with add... Damian Williams, and Khalil Herbert. David Montgomery is expected to miss four to five weeks after suffering a knee injury in week four. That moves former Super Bowl standout Damian Williams to the RB1 chair. Williams has an all-purpose skill set to be in every down back in Montgomery's absence. He's the top waiver wire priority of the week. In, In deeper leagues, you should consider adding rookie Khalil Herbert as well. Next, I want you to add Trey Lance. If Jimmy Garoppolo misses any starts, Trey Lance will be in every week top 12 option. While playing just one half in week four and struggling as a passer, Lance still managed to top 20 fantasy points thanks to his ability on the ground. He looked uncomfortable in the pocket and eager to escape with his legs, which does bode well for anyone who rosters him in fantasy. We know we know what rushing production does for quarterbacks. A week of preparation as a starter will only help him be even better. Lance is a high-priority add off the waiver wire, especially considering he is unlikely re- to return to the bench if he plays well in Garoppolo's absence. Staying on the waiver wire, I want you to add A.J. Green. We talked about best ball resurrection. 2021, it's A.J. Green resurrection. Apparently, there is some juice left on those legs, after all. Green has been consistently seeing 80 to 90% of the snaps and 17 to 19% of the targets. He has scored in back-to-back weeks, including a 41-yarder in week four. Now, don't expect retro A.J. Green production, but he'll make a solid flex play during the upcoming bye weeks. Next, I want you to add Jamison Crowder. Jamison Crowder played 62% of the snaps and had a target share of 26% in his season debut. He's not the sexiest waiver wire ad, but he'll be a decent flex play or a wide receiver three to help you navigate those upcoming bye weeks. All right. Let's go to the trade market. We're going to put a guy on the block. I want you to sell Cordero Patterson. Cordero Patterson finished week four as the overall RB1. He's the second highest scoring running back on the season. The age 30 breakout is in full force. So why would we want to sell this guy? Well, because there is no way he can keep this up. 
There's no way he can keep up this pace. I'm not saying get out and take what you can in any offer you get for him. This is not one of those cases. But if you have a league mate or league mates who are willing to pay the price of an RB1, you better take that deal and run. Patterson is outside the top 40 running backs in snap share, carries, and opportunity share per playerprofiler.com. The 5.5 targets per game are great, and that's what we value the most. But Chase Edmonds, Jeremy McNichols, Kenny Gainwell, Naheem Hines, and Leonard Fournette are all within one target per game of Patterson. The reason Patterson has outscored them by so much is he is scoring touchdowns at an insane rate. That won't be sustainable. His value will will never be higher than it is right now. So take advantage. While you're selling Cordero Patterson, I want you to buy C.D. Lamb. Now, week four was a dud for C.D. Lamb. Two receptions for 13 yards. Not good. But before you rage sell C.D. Lamb, let me tell you it wasn't as bad as it looked. Now, first of all, Dak Prescott only attempted 22 passes. But of those those 22... 23% of it went in Lamb's direction. Now that's good. He's running the most routes on the team and the target share numbers have been consistent week over week. The Cowboys have one of the most potent offenses in the league and the window is now open to go buy a piece of it. Make an offer. I also want you to make an offer for LaVisca Chenault. Remember when they were telling us to drop LaVisca Chenault? I talked about that here in week three. Chenault was seeing targets and is in an offense that is being forced to pass due to loss of negative game script. And then in week four, DJ Chark went down and Chenault was suddenly looking like the alpha in the passing game. He has now seen a target share over 20% in three three out of four games. And that included a season-high 29% in week four. Now, When you're making these deals, don't forget to use the Yards Per Fantasy Trade Calculator. Just go to yardsperfantasy.com slash trade dash calculator to get our fully customizable and always updated trade calculator for your redraft leagues. I use it to make my trades, and let me tell you, I've made some great deals because of it. My teams are doing good this year, man. Like, really good. Kicking ass all over the place. But anyway, you don't care about my teams. So let's go back to the waiver wire and add some Majay Pirine. Joe Mixon could miss some time with an ankle injury, which will thrust Samajay Pirine into the top spot on the depth chart. Pirine has proven a capable back at handling a workhorse role in the past. Don't forget he finished week 16 last year as the third highest scoring scoring running back in all of fantasy. Go add Smash AP Ryan with the chance that Joe Mixon misses some time. I also want you to add Kenny Gainwell. Gainwell is becoming more and more involved in the Eagles offense as the weeks go by. He finished week four with a 17% target share, which ranked fourth among all running backs. 
the Eagles are almost refusing to run the ball at this point, which should allow Gainwell to continue to play a significant role as the team's primary pass catcher out of the backfield. The upside isn't huge, but there's certainly a place on our fantasy rosters for Philly's version of Naheem Hines. Back to the trade market to buy Antonio Brown. How close was Antonio Brown to having a big night against the Patriots? A couple deep end zone shots just missed the mark. He lost them in the rain, went through his hands, drops happen, things like that happen. But in his first game back from the COVID list, Brown was the target on 26% of Tom Brady's passes. And his 119 air yards were 16th across the league. We follow the targets and the air yards to predict future fantasy production, and Brown is checking those boxes. It's Brown, not Mike Evans, who seems to be the go-to guy when the Bucs need to play down the field. We know what this offense is capable of. At least one of these wide receivers is going to have a big performance every single week. Why not Antonio Brown? Get him before his time comes. Going back to the waiver wire, and we're going to add Dalton Schultz. I told you to add Dawson Knox last week. We nailed that one. I think he was the tight end two on the week. 20-something fantasy points, two touchdowns, big game for for Dawson Knox. That was a hit, big, big hit. Now I want you to add Dalton Schultz. He scored touchdowns in week three, and then he came back with the targets and another score in week four. Schultz was number one among all tight ends in target share for the week. He's emerging as a weekly tight end one play. Now, I gave you a couple stashes last week. Guys who are expected to return soon. And actually, one of them actually returned sooner than I expected. He played last week. That's Curtis Samuel. But I also recommended you to add Rashad Bateman. In, in, in leagues where these guys were dropped, you don't have an IR spot, which is stupid, by the way. But they were, they were available in a lot of leagues. They still are. Go get them. But another guy, a little bit even deeper, I want you to add, who could be coming back from injury very, very soon, I want you to add Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson will be eligible to come off PUP very soon. The 49ers backfield is wide open with Raheem Mostert out and anyone yet to claim the RB1 title. We've seen Wilson be productive in spurts in the past. If you can stash him for a couple weeks, He's a sneaky ad that could pay off down the stretch. Next, I want you to hold or buy even. Hold or buy Odell Beckham. Odell Beckham returned to the field two weeks ago. He hasn't put the numbers in the stat sheet yet, but there's reason to believe they are coming. He has seen target shares of 29% and 21% over his two games has 144 air yards and 42% team share against Minnesota were 6th for the week. He was an awful Baker Mayfield deep ball 
away from having a long score at the end of week four. The offense should be forced to pass a bit more over the next few weeks, opening the door for more opportunities for Odell Beckham. I want you to add Kadarius Toney. Kadarius Toney was thrust into a greater opportunity in week four due to multiple injuries down the wide receiver depth chart in New York. Tony played on 78% of the snaps, and he saw a very good 22% target share. He looked athletic and capable, even if he was a bad reach in the first round. We didn't like that pick. But it is what it is. He's there. He's getting some opportunity. He turned his nine targets into six receptions for 78 yards. He also ran one time for one yard. As long as Sterling Shepard is out, Tony will have an opportunity in the Giants offense. He's far from a priority ad, but in deeper leagues, he's definitely an interesting pickup. Back to the trade market to buy Darrell Henderson. Now I thought Henderson would come back from his one game missed to find himself in a timeshare backfield after Sony Michelle looked good in his absence. That was far from the case. Instead, it was Henderson handling 90% of the snaps in week four. He has seen target shares of 17% and 15% over his last two games. And he plays in one of the league's highest scoring offenses and has one of the most favorable schedules of any running back the rest of the season. Go by Darrell Henderson. Now, like I always say, if you're going to be buying, you're going to be selling. I want you to sell Dallas Goddard. Zach Ertz has out-targeted Dallas Goddard in each of the last two games. And yet, Goddard is still being valued by many fantasy gamers as a must-start tight end one. Ertz and Goddard are siphoning targets from each other, capping each of their ceilings. It's not like they're playing some high-scoring offense that would allow them to both be strong assets. Goddard's touchdown in Week 4 should allow you to sell high. Uh-oh. Here we go. Here we go. Trigger alert. Trigger alert. Trigger warning. I want you to drop. I know I'm going to offend some people. You're going to turn off the podcast. Although, if you listen to my show, you probably don't like this guy. Because you're smart. I want you to drop Ronald Jones. Drop his ass. Watching Ronald Jones truthers fold themselves into pretzels trying to make excuses for why he fails every single week has to be the funniest thing on Twitter. Oh, he fumbled! His coach hates him! He's great, but they just don't use him. He wore the wrong socks! Shut up! Ronald Jones stinks! This is Leonard Fournette's backfield just like it was during the playoffs last year. Jones has seen a snap share over 18% just one time in four games. I know the truthers want to keep believing, but it's over. Drop Ronald Jones. Another one that's heading towards over. Don't drop him, but I want you to sell Melvin Gordon. For the first time in week four, Javante Williams out-snapped Melvin Gordon 51% to 49%. 
We expected Williams to slowly take over the backfield as the season went along, and that's, it ex- that's exactly what's happening. Get out before his value hits zero. Now, when you're going to go buy somebody, I want you to buy Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett had a quiet day after a limited week of practice due to a hip injury. Now, he still managed a target share of 22%. He marked that he has hit in three of four games. Seattle played with the lead throughout, which is why Russell Wilson had a season-low 23 pass attempts and just 149 passing yards. We've seen what happens when the Seahawks offense finds themselves in a shootout, which should happen plenty given how poor their defense is. More opportunities are definitely coming for Lockett by the dip from anyone who is worried about a couple down games. And the last one, the last transaction I want you to make before week five kicks off, I want you to sell Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara hit a career high in rush attempts of 26 in week four. However, he didn't receive a single target. For a guy that has historically gotten the majority of his production from his involvement in the passing game, this is really bad news. It's not like it was a one-game thing either. Kamara has not caught more than four passes in any game this season. The truth is, the Saints are just not passing the ball. They're doing everything they can to hide Jameis Winston, and it's killing Kamara. If someone in your league wants to pay up for the name and the 26 carries, you need to at least listen to their offer. Well, that's going to be a wrap for today, though. If you're not already, please follow me on Twitter at A underscore Johnson FF and the site at Yards Per. Please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. Also, please be sure to rate and review. It really helps me out a lot and is much appreciated. And go download the Yards Per Fantasy app right now and give us a five-star rating and review over there, too. Thanks, guys. Cue that music.